name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. It's a very hard gospel text. It sounds uh, very clear from the Lord that if we don't forgive others, even the forgiveness God gives to us, he'll take away. Is that what you heard? If you don't forgive, even the forgiveness God gives, he takes away from you. That's a very sobering thought. So we need to concentrate on forgiveness. You know, it's so clear in the Gospels text that it, it's, it's, he continues to push us to forgive others. He tells us he forgives our sins, but he also pushes us so hard to forgive others. There's many reasons for that, and we'll get into that a little bit in the homily. But this is a very sobering text. I have to go back and make sure I'm not holding a grudge anywhere. For if I am, that which God forgave, he could take away from me. I've been nervous about this gospel ever since I read it. <laughs> I really want to look at myself and say, Lord, am I, is there any place in me where I have unforgiveness? Is there any place in me where I have not forgiven? I do not want the forgiveness you have given to me so lovingly uh, and so graciously to be taken from me. I do not want this. So let's take a look at forgiveness because I think it's very helpful to us to understand forgiveness and then our repentance and then why we should forgive. So first, why did God become man? Because we were found in a horrible state of corruption and subject to death. Death and corruption were kind of the great enemies of mankind, and God knew this. He could not tolerate man to be tormented by the evil one in these two, death and corruption. And so he took on himself humanity, a, a fallen nature. And so we, we see this fallenness taken on by God for what purpose? So that man could be freed from corruption and death, and part of that was that he could forgive his sins. You know, in Israel, sins were forgiven just once a year. And sometimes that didn't work. God gives to us freely, daily, minute by minute, the opportunity to be forgiven our sins. To be forgiven. What a gracious Lord we have. Frees us from corruption and death and forgives our iniquities. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And so we see in this that there's nothing, nothing beyond the love of God. God will always seek us, never relent from seeking us to help us move toward him and to forgive us our iniquities. This is God's way. He moves toward us constantly. I remember one time we had a meeting with, uh, we had Father Hopko here, and he used this word, I've used it before, he says, God's love is ruthless. Ruthless. He doesn't stop loving. He doesn't stop coming toward you. He doesn't stop encouraging you to be forgiven. He doesn't stop. He's always there. 
You turn around and he's right there. You may turn your back, but he never turns his back on you. This is our God. What a beautiful thing. And this never ceases. He perseveres to the end. He may even, he, he's, he even knocks on deathbeds. Wake up. Finally, wake up. Not only this, but he desires to help us to be with us in this struggle in being freed from corruption and death and being forgiven. He comes to us that we, he would join us in the struggle. This isn't like, okay, go, go do this and I'll wait back here for you. No, I will help you do it. I have come to forgive you and I will help you in this. I will help you in this. Just turn to me. You know, so many times we come to our, in our life and we just, it's just too hard to forgive people. The offense is so great. Lord, help me. That's all you have to do is turn to him. Lord, help me. This offense is so hard to forgive. Lord, help me. Lord, be with me. Lord, move me in a good direction here. Help me forgive. So he desires this and he helps us. So, how do we participate in this forgiveness? We very simply repent. One little simple word. St. John the Baptist holds it to us. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The Lord said it many times. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. So it's, it's simple repentance. Lord, forgive me for the sin that I have committed. Forgive me. So, in repentance, there's first we must ask, do we really desire to be forgiven? Or do we like holding on to our sins? There are some sins we actually like to hold on to. We really don't want to get rid of them. They bother us a bit, but we really don't want to get rid of them. One, surprisingly, is anger. You know, anger is a great defensive mechanism. It pushes people away. It doesn't allow people to get very close to you. So when you start feeling a little bit of uh, intimidation, you get angry. It pushes people away. They don't have to get close to you. You don't have to be close to them. You know, if you really want to repent of anger, you have to understand you're going to be vulnerable. And many pe people don't like to be vulnerable. They don't like that feeling of being intimidated. They don't like it, so they push anger away. So anger, we have to understand, am I, am I willing, if I repent of my anger, am I willing to be vulnerable? Because that's what will happen. Vulnerability. Or sometimes we have these pleasurable sins that we really don't want to get rid of. Sins that are pleasurable to us. And we kind of want to hold on to them a little bit. You know, we sin in pleasure and that sin is a little bitter, but then somehow we return to it. You know, in, uh, I remember just thinking about this in terms of how do you defeat pleasurable sins? You know, when you sin in a pleasurable way, afterwards, how do you feel? Rotten. 
dirty, right? Horrible, I feel rotten. That's what you should remember about that sin. And I was thinking about this, you know, uh, I love to eat ice cream. I love to eat ice cream. And I don't like to eat it out of a bowl. I like to take the whole half gallon and sit there and just kind of pick at it, you know? And you know when you eat too much, how you feel? That's how what I need to remember when I pick up that half gallon. You remember the last time you did this? How bad you felt? Get a bowl. Have a bowl of ice cream. Forgive me. <laughs> but see how that is? You have to remember the bitterness of the sin, not the pleasure of it. Taste the bitterness. Cultivate the bitter feeling of pleasurable sin, and it will help you defeat it. So desire. In repentance, there's a great line in, from the saints that we need to cling to thoughts and words and works of repentance. We need to cling to them. We need to have the thought of repentance all the time. What's the beautiful prayer that we, we pray many, many times a day that helps us? Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's a beautiful prayer of repentance. Very simple. But it keeps our thoughts in a repentant mode. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. What a beautiful thing just to have that mode of repentance. Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me. Lord, don't let me fall to this sin. Words of repentance. You know, when you offend somebody, you know what you should say to them? A word. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. These are words of repentance. We need to use them a lot. Use them a lot. It's very important. You know, I told, I remember I was a, uh, counseling a married couple one time, and I said, you need to say, I love you, thank you, and forgive me. I love you, thank you, and forgive me. And they came back to me. He came, the, the gentleman came back to me and said, Father, all those work really good except the, the last one. He said, I, I do, I love you, and I do thank you, and I say, I forgive you. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> it ruined the marriage for a whole week. I forgive you. For what? Forgive me. It needs to roll off our tongue. Roll off, cling to thoughts and words and works of repentance. And then we need to overcome these great enemies of repentance, pride and self-justification. Two great enemies. Pride because me, a sinner? How could I be a sinner? See, pride, what it does? It takes away from you getting deep. And then self-justification. This is this is because there's always a reason you sin, right? There's always a reason you sin. 
but it cannot become an excuse. You understand that? There's a reason, but that's not an excuse. You still sinned. You still fell short of the glory of God. You missed the mark, but you cannot justify it. What, you, what do you do about missing the mark? Go over here again. Repent. You don't justify it. You repent of it. This is the reason, Father, blah, 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 blah. You know what happens when you begin to list the reasons you sin? You begin to get angry again at the person or thing that made you sin. You know, I remember Father Hopko saying one time, he was talking about this confession, and he said in the middle of the confession, this person started telling me all the reasons why he was angry at this other person, and he said, no, hold, time out, time out. I didn't come to hear the confession of another person. I came to hear your confession. No justification. Don't, be, don't justify yourself before God. You know, you know why the thief made it to paradise? Not just because he said today, not just because he said that, he, Lord, uh, remember me in your kingdom, because he did not justify himself on the cross. He says, you stand here, uh, Lord, you are on the cross with, with, uh, and there's nothing for you, not, no blame for you, but I am to blame. He did not justify himself on the cross, so where did he end up? Paradise. No justification. And finally then, God forgives us, God moves us away from our sins and uh, asks us to respond in kind to others, to forgive others. If, I, if God forgives us this, he's asking us to do the same to other people. Why? Because he wants to make the Christian life really hard. No. Because he knows that if you don't forgive, that that unforgiveness will be so destructive to your soul. It will hurt you. Let me read this list from St. John Clamicus on remembering wrongs. If you're remembering the wrong of another person, what happens to your soul? The consummation of anger, the keeper of sins, the hatred of righteousness. The ruin of virtue, the poison of the soul, the worm of the mind, the shame of prayer, cessation of supplication, estrangement of love, a nail stuck in the soul, pleasureless feeling cherished in the sweetness of bitterness, continuous sin, unsleeping transgression, and hourly malice. That's what happens to your soul when you don't forgive others. So why does God say forgive? Because he doesn't want that to happen to your soul. It's very clear. All this stuff, all this unforgiveness we hold actually hurts us. Hurts us. And he says, Get I don't want that to be a part of your soul. I love you too much. So forgive others. 
whatever has been done to you, whatever has happened, you need to let it go. Forgive. Because God so desires that you live in peace and joy and righteousness and the Holy Spirit. That's what he wants for you. And so he does two things for us. One, he forgives us. And he asks us to forgive others so that our soul is not compromised. May this be our lot this day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.